Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. Last Thursday, February 22nd, Lake and Riley, a 22-year-old nursing student at Augusta University attending classes up there at their Athens campus, was jogging around a lake at the University of Georgia and was killed last Thursday morning. The crime, the murder, is considered a crime of opportunity, an opportunity taken by an illegal immigrant from Venezuela, 26-year-old Jose Ibarra. Now, Lakin has been described as a, a girl who loved college, right, was filled with joy and happiness and wonderful friendships and would always want to exercise, would actually uh, be down on herself if she ever skipped a workout. That is what her former roommates have been sharing with us. And her life was taken because of an illegal immigrant that should never have had the opportunity to do so. So you may be wondering, if you don't know already, who is Jose Ibarra? Jose Ibarra is an immigrant from Venezuela, 26 years old. He and his brother are here. His, his wife, or now estranged wife, is also here. That illegally crossed the border back in 2022, in September of 2022. And he was released on parole, went to New York, left New York, came to Athens, Georgia, or relocated to Athens, Georgia, one year later. And then five months after that, committed this crime or is accused of committing this crime. So the details of the murder, going back to last Thursday, Lake and Riley, between 7 a.m. and noon, left her, left her house, left where she lived, and went for a run. One of her friends knew that she had been going for a run, and when she did not return by early afternoon, by about 12 o'clock, 1230, called the police to report, say, hey, I have no idea where my friend is. She should be back. She went for a run and she has not come home. It's been, you know, roughly four to five hours. Like she would be home. So the police, Athens police, University of Georgia police sent out like a um, an alert saying, hey, please provide any information on this girl. If you have seen her, please provide any information we are looking for. That was February 22nd in the morning. And the location on UGA's campus was Lake Herrick, which is described to be a frequented lake. Its intramurals take place around there. It is not only frequented by students of UGA and I guess also Augusta University and other college, college co-eds in Athens, but also by the public. I mean, I went to the University of Florida and uh, the school is not closed off like the public can access the school. I mean, you could just walk right on campus, right? And you could go and walk around the campus. You can go to the different areas around campus and, and exercise or lounge. You know, the big lake at the University of Florida is Lake Alice. That one you cannot walk completely around like it, um, but it does have a, a pathway with kind of within and around it. And then also you can, you could walk along the street on Museum Road in the front of it. 
So it sounds very similar to this, this Lake Herrick, very, very popular location. And the cause of her death that was released by the, the coroner is blunt force trauma to the head. So imagine, or I am imagining, Lake and Riley is jogging around the lake, doing her normal fitness, her normal kind of routine, right? I mean, so normal that her roommate knew that she was going to be out running and jogging and knew roughly about when to expect, expect her back out there. And then Jose Ibarra, I guess, jumped out of the woods, followed her a little bit, jogged behind her, and then blunt force trauma to the head and killed her. And what's really strange or shocking, I would say, about this, this murder is that this happened in the daylight. 7 a.m., the sun is up. The sun is up by 7 a.m. So this opportunity, this, this crime of opportunity as it's being described, took place in broad daylight. In broad daylight. By a man, a 26-year-old man, who should have never had the opportunity to kill Lake and Riley. Now, my assumption is that he is guilty, but he is innocent until proven guilty, but all signs point to him being the one, right? So let's kind of go through this, this timeline of Jose Ibarra. Jose Ibarra is now 26 years old. He entered into the U.S., the United States, through El Paso, but not through a port of entry. Illegally through El Paso, he was um, captured or, or whatever by the uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. They arrested him after he, after he unlawfully entered the country. And this was in September of 2022. He was then paroled and just released into the country for further processing. And we've heard about this countless times. Like that is what has been taking place for years and definitely has, is what is going on under the Biden administration. They say they don't have room for you. So they just parole you and send you out into the United States, into the interior. And then a year later, in September of 2023, Jose Ibarra was arrested in New York after driving an uninsured and unregistered car with a five-year-old inside and was also charged with acting in a manner quote, to injure a child. Now I'm thinking that that could potentially mean that maybe the child was not in the proper kind of seat. Maybe it was not wearing a seatbelt. It was riding in the front seat instead of the back seat, or maybe a few other different, different ways in which you are acting in a manner that could injure a child. But New York, New York City, because they are a sanctuary city, because the politicians and bureaucrats in New York think that they know better about how to handle legal immigration, how to work with the federal authorities, they're a sanctuary city and they released them. ICE has come out and said that they were trying to issue a detainer to be able to hold onto Jose Ibarra to process him, to come and get him from from jail in New York, but New York never received it because he was already released. And then once he was released, he fled. He fled to Athens, Georgia. He was released bef before ICE could even issue the, det the detainer by the NYPD. 
So great job on New York City and also the state of New York. So then in September or October of 2023, he moved to, to Athens, Georgia. He and his brother, that's where his brother was living. His brother actually worked at one of the dining halls, it is said to be said, at the University of Georgia because he had an illegal, a fake green card. But I've read he could not be actually actually be paid because he could not produce the other um, documentation that he needed to be able to, I guess, get, get paid by, by the university <clears throat> or the contracting company who's assigned to, you know, to work that dining hall. Now, this man is here illegally, Jose Ibarra from Venezuela. I being here in Orlando, Florida, know plenty of Venezuelans and they are do not they are not all like this guy. Let me just say that to begin with. The Orlando metro area has roughly 75,000 Venezuelans. There are even more in other parts of of the state of Florida, especially down in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. <clears throat> They're said to be I believe it's up to a, a half a million or so, a few hundred thousand Venezuelans in this country. Venezuela since 2013 has been under the rule of Maduro. And they said that roughly 7 million Venezuelans have fleed the country since Maduro took over back in 2013. And the reactions to this death, this crime of opportunity, this blunt force trauma to the head, this killing of Lake and Riley has been intense and justifiably so. You have um, representatives, you have senators, you have the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, all, all, all crying out saying like, hey, immigration has to get under control. It has to be under control. And this opportunity, like I said in the beginning of this episode, would not have even presented itself, would not have even been an opportunity for a crime if the actual laws were on the books were followed, if there weren't policies in place that circumvented the laws immigration laws, if there weren't bureaucrats and elected officials who think that they know better, that they know better for this country and have sanctuary city status and then aren't even, you know, don't even want to work with federal authorities to get someone who is here illegally that has committed crimes. We can have a separate conversation, a separate conversation for people who are here illegally that are gainfully employed, that are paying taxes you know, that aren't just living off of the welfare state in our country, we, I can be a totally different conversation, right? But once you are here illegally and then you go ahead and you break the law a second time, you should be out. Because what are you bringing to America? What is your contribution to American society? And this man, Jose Ibarra, again, he was arrested in New York City. But New York did not keep him long enough for ICE to come pick him up. His opportunity to commit this murder should never have been an opportunity. It should have never existed. And since this murder, since, since last Thursday, the University of Georgia is adding, they've announced $7.3 million worth of security upgrades, right? Such better, better lighting, uh, more cameras, call boxes. We had call boxes at the University of Florida. There are these blue 
uh, columns of sorts. They were about six, six to eight feet tall. And inside was a, a button and a dial pad to where you could call for help and it would sound this alarm. Uh, strobe light and everything else would go off to say like, hey, someone needs help in this area. Governor Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, has said that Riley's death was preventable. Correct. It was preventable. It was preventable until the idiots in charge decided that they know best. That they know best. And now remind you, a lot of these sanctuary city policies, like not around the country, are just a snap reaction to Trump wanting to build the border wall. Right? It was just a, a snap reaction. Like I've talked about this multiple times in multiple episodes about the progressive mindset. The progressive mindset is that you have to just keep going further down the road closer and closer and closer to the cliff until you eventually just fall off. There's no rationality or logic to a lot of their decisions. They just think, oh, we got to do the next thing. We got to take the next step. And that is what has happened here. There are congressmen that have been asking for more details about Jose Ibarra. Congressmen saying that Biden and the sanctuary cities are responsible. They are. And then there are some congressmen, Democrats, that are saying not to make snap judgments about immigration policy. Now, yeah, I just talked about how they've already been, they've already made snap judgments regarding immigration policy by um, instituting these sanctuary city laws. But now, after the murder of a 22 year old girl who was innocent and just going out for her jog and living life, right? A nursing student getting ready to graduate probably in one to two years, you know, and just going into, into their career and their, their adult life, their professional adult life, her life is just taken. Because someone who was not supposed to be here was here and had the opportunity to do so. But now we're not supposed to make any immigration policy changes. But why would that be? Why would that be? And the White House, you know, they, they pick and choose when they want to pipe up and how quickly they want to pipe up. This happened on a Thursday. They didn't say anything Friday. They finally came out on Monday and said this, quote, we would like to extend our deepest condolences to the family and loved ones of Lake and Hope Riley. People should be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law if they are found to be guilty. Given this is an active case, we would have to refer you to state law enforcement and ICE. That's it. That's all they said. Now, mind you, they say plenty of things when it's to the benefit politically for them, but this is not to their benefit. So the, what are they doing? Go to ICE, go to state law enforcement. Don't look at us. Don't look at us. But you know what ICE is saying, and rightfully so, they're saying, hey, we tried to get him. When he broke the law in New York and endangered the child and was driving, you know, with an unregistered vehicle and without a license and everything else, we tried to detain him. But New York City chose not to work with us. And you may have noticed in that White House response, there was no mention 
of Jose Ibarra. No mention that the person who was being accused of committing this crime at the time of their statement on Monday is Jose Ibarra, who is an illegal immigrant. Not only who broke the law to come th- to get into this country because they he did not come through the uh, designated port of entry, but in addition to that, broke the law again in New York City. But there's no mention, no mention of an illegal immigrant, but you better be dang sure that if this was something that benefited the White House politically, they would have mentioned the, the nationality or the race of the individual. That's for sure. Now, I don't want to... Now, again, there are 75,000, roughly 75,000 Venezuelans in Orlando. I know many of them. And they are fantastic, wonderful people. Their culture is great. The family culture that they have. The food, fantastic. You know, wonderful people. So I want to clearly separate those individuals from this individual. The failed policies led to Jose Ibarra still being in this country. U.S. immigration policies, and I'm sure you know because this has been talked about, especially if you follow this channel, you know that immigration is a huge issue. And Republicans have been talking about immigration for the entirety of the Biden administrations, which is coming up on, you know, three complete years, starting our fourth year, right? Seen roughly more than 8 million people come into this country, encounters, averaging roughly 30, 300,000 individuals per month, encounters at at the southern border. All you have to do to get released into the interior is you just have to show up at a port of entry. This is the bare minimum, right? Or this is the proper way. Show up at the port of entry, claim fear of returning to your home country, and you're given asylum. And because there is not space at the detention centers at the southern border, you are then released on parole into the United States of America. Now, the tracking of the of those individuals is not robust. So the odds that those people are going to then show up for their hearing, which could be years down the road, is small. And in this case of Jose Ibarra and many others, he didn't even come to a designated port of entry. And he was still paroled and released into the interior. Still paroled and released into the interior. So you may be wondering... Why wasn't when he was first detained, right, by Custom and Border Patrol, why wasn't he just returned back to Venezuela? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, See, so Maduro down there in Venezuela is not a good guy. He has ruined the country. And under the Trump administration, Trump put sanctions on Venezuela, which hurt their economy. Now, the Biden administration comes in, and this is typical of them, right? Typical of the Biden administration, and a lot of people on the left, they think, ooh, yeah, so those sanctions, they're doing a lot of damage to the people in Venezuela. So instead of continuing to hold their president, Maduro, accountable, 
and wanting President Maduro to actually make changes to improve the economy in Venezuela. We are going to lift those sanctions. This is the Biden administration. Lift those sanctions to help improve the lives and the economy of Venezuela. So Maduro, in order to have those sanctions lifted, had to agree to hold a fair and presidential election. But what did Maduro do? Maduro did not do that. He actually jailed his political opposition. And when that, and when that happened, um, or actually before that happened, the Biden administration was, was uh, deporting a total of about 1,800 Venezuelans back to Venezuela. 1,800 Venezuelans, when those uh, sanctions were lifted, Maduro agreed, okay, we'll take some of these people back. Biden administration was sending them. And then once Maduro did not do what he was supposed to do with the free and fair election, presidential election, sanctions went back onto Venezuela. And this is all within the past year. All within the past year. And Maduro doesn't like that. Maduro does not like those sanctions being reinstated. So what has Maduro done? Maduro is now telling, now telling the United States of America, no. It's telling us, no, you will not, we will not accept any more deportations. That is what Maduro is telling us. No longer accepting deportations. And that's just perfect, right? There are more than uh, roughly 700,000 Venezuelans have 700,000, I believe, is the number, have come to America at least within the last one to two years. Again, most of them, great people, want to do honest work. But you would be foolish to believe that there would not be bad apples within a group of 700,000 people. More and more Venezuelan immigrants are committing crimes or the crime rate is increasing in the United States. Venezuelan immigrants have been linked to more crimes in the United States, mainly in New York City and Chicago, related to gang violence and retail crime. New York City, cops have been shot by illegal Venezuelan immigrants. There is retail crime and other violence in Chicago. And now Maduro is telling us that no, he will not accept any more deportations. How great is it that Maduro, or let's, let's just think this through. Maduro, who doesn't like the United States of America, thinks, hmm, the United States of America is incentivized, has incentives that once people, mainly Venezuelans, or to enter, to flee my country and go into their country. I don't like the United States of America. They're putting these economic sanctions on me, oil, gold, a couple of different other industries. How can I get the United States of America back? How can I pay them back? You know what? I'm going to sprinkle in some of the bad people in my country and put them in the United States and then tell them, no, you cannot send them back. How ridiculous and stupid do we look as a country? We are allowing this to happen. And I say we as a country because there needs to be improvement in immigration law, which that has to be Congress. 
But then of the laws that are in place, the Biden administration is not using the power, the authority of the executive branch of the president to enact the laws, certain laws that are in place. You may remember when he, when Biden administration began the first day, first two days of his, of his presidency after he was sworn in, he got rid of many of the executive orders that Trump put in place to help secure the border. The remain of Mexico, gone. So now we have made our bed and are having to lie in it. We're being told by another leader that we cannot send the violent criminals from their country back to their home country. And I kind of feel like this is what we deserve. This is what we deserve. And this, this isn't just for immigration. This is going to be across a lot of different uh, cultural things in this country. It is going to take, I firmly believe this, we are going to have to go downhill farther than we already are before we start to turn back and go uphill as a country. We are going to have to um, suffer more before we see improvement, right? It's like we're just, as a society or many of us in this country just think, oh, well, you know, this, this won't have any effect. This won't have any effect. And then once it does have an effect, it's like, oh, crap. If I was actually sane and rational, logical person, I would have you know, foreseen this and we could have prevented this. But since I wasn't, now we're dealing with the consequences and dang, these consequences are terrible. So now let's actually try to fix something. I think the United States, but we're, we're going to have to keep going farther down before we can actually turn back up and improve. But we look weak in relationship in relation to what Maduro is doing by saying no, we will not accept any deportations. That makes us look weak. We are having to keep violent criminals that are illegal immigrants in our own country and cannot send them back. And actually, even if we could send them back, they would just be able to come right back across. Right back across. Yes, that would be checked before released on parole if they, you know, pop up any kind of system. But who's to say they can't get another identity? Who's to say they can't get another identity or just sneak through as many gotaways have? The incentives we have in this country is attracting these millions of illegal immigrants to the United States of America. So not only do we need to tighten up our immigration laws, we also need to change the incentives that we are given or that are being given to lure people here, to incentivize people here to actually come to this country and use our immigration laws and policies and system to their advantage. If we're offering you a place to live, food to eat, you know, temporary paperwork to get a job. And these are things that you did not have in medical care. Don't forget medical care. And these are things you didn't have in your home country. Why wouldn't you try to come here? Sure, the cost of living is more than the United States. But why wouldn't you want to come here? Right, this opportunity that Jose Ibarra took or allegedly took 
you know, he hasn't had trial yet. To kill Lake and Riley should never have been an opportunity. It should have never existed. But because we are short-sighted and selfish and frankly, at times, just stupid, the leadership, the politicians, the bureaucrats, you know, the policymakers that are in charge of these things, we are now having to deal with the consequences. And one of these consequences, the gang violence in New York and Chicago, the retail crime in New York and Chicago and other cities, now that we are having to deal with these consequences, I hope that we are finally actually going to make some changes. And these are not snap you know, snap changes to policies and laws. These are long overdue. The rise in immigration and crime has, over the past couple of years during the Biden administration, and again, this we had hundreds of thousands of people coming in under Trump, hundreds of thousands of people coming in under Obama. So there is an issue that has to be fixed. But there should never have been an opportunity for Jose Ibarra to take the life of Lake and Riley. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.